Welcome to Daryl's Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as Daryl is, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. <laughs> so we are, we are here with uh, two amazing guests. We have Alan, oh, sorry. Uh, Alan is being tolerated by Daryl. Daryl <laughs> Desick and uh, Alan Migliorato. I, when I write it down and try and say it, uh, Alan, go ahead. Say your last name for that me one more perfect. time. That was perfect, Chris. Don't don't hurt yourself. That was, that was it, fine. It sounded like I was having a stroke as I was saying it. I slowed down. I should have let Matt do that. Anyways, um, these two fine gentlemen have been doing youth ministry together um, and daring into uh, the field of ministry for a number of years now, and uh, they recently released a book. Now, if full disclosure, I haven't read the book because... I just saw the book, and the coolest thing about it is one of my volunteers actually discovered the book through uh, through one of her email campaigns or different things like that, and she's like, what do you know about these guys? Are they going to be any good? And the, the like a half hour later, I'm messaging you on Facebook, Alan, and said, hey, come on the podcast and we'll find out, you know, and so... Um, so you guys introduce yourselves for us and tell us a little bit about uh, about failing forward. Go ahead, Daryl. Go ahead, Alan. You first, You're man. You're dying to go first. No, no. No, brother. It's all you. I got to be humble. I'm, we, I'm practicing We know humility. it's Daryl's show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why I was quiet. I muted myself. There's an eternal show, mute. <laughs> so my name's Alan Miglerado. Go ahead, Alan. We, go ahead. I'm a, I'm a business owner in the Orlando area, and I've written a couple of books. Uh, one is The Manly Art of Raising a Daughter, and the uh, the other one is is Failing Forward that Daryl and I wrote together. And um, that's that's me in a nutshell. Good. So for those of you listening um, just on, on the podcast piece and not seeing us on YouTube, um, Alan, uh, who wrote the book on the manly art of, is the only one in the uh, four of us that does not have a beard. And so it, <laughs> uh, we are masking, uh, masking or uh, projecting manhood, whereas he, he has mastered the art of it, so no beard is necessary for admittance to the manhood club. Chris, I, so, I am Italian. If you give me a five minutes, I might be able to pull one out of here. <laughs> just just sneeze real heavy and you'll get a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> I had a friend like that in college. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. What about you, Daryl? Um, I'm Daryl. I've been in ministry for about 20 years, and um, I have not seen everything there is to see, but I thought I did. Now, and it's really just had a, had a good ride, and I'm just happy to kind of co-author this book with Alan. He was actually the driving force behind getting our ideas on paper, and um, and so I just appreciate it. We've been working together as a team probably for the last nine to ten years through our Adventure Catholic uh, leadership formation, and it's just kind of been a fun ride. So as you can tell, we just enjoy cutting on each other and, and making disciples. <laughs> so, <laughs> Amen. So Praise tell God. us a little bit about the like the ministry background um, for both of you guys. Daryl is is the youth group uh, the leader the youth pastor at our at our church, and I got involved with him in the core team, and then we we together um, just kind of hit it off, you know. And um, we we realized you know like the the teens the teens need a little bit more. And one of the things that you know I asked Daryl when we first started talking was what is some of the the issues that you see with youth ministry across the board that that we might be able to address and. Being a business owner, like I, I've always been, had one of those one of those uh, driving forces that is find a problem, solve a problem, move on. 
you know? And so when, when I kind of started tackling youth ministry like that, Daryl was, uh, was very instrumental in saying, look, the, the biggest problem the church is facing right now is the young adults. When teens become young adults, they stop coming to church. And we lose a lot of the people in the Catholic church that way. Um, you know, and I, I think part of it is, is them getting away from home and, and trying to explore things on their own. But we, you know, together said, well, what can we do so that there's, there's that sense of, of curiosity doesn't drive them away from the shirt, the church, but deeper into the church. So, so we came up with adventure Catholic that's really based on leadership. And that's where our book filling forward comes out of is our experiences in adventure Catholic, you know, teaching these, uh, the team's leadership. Cool. And that's the piece. That's the PG version. I mean, that's the kind of really nice, glossy ministry. The the real conversation was something like we're sitting in a coffee shop, and Alan's like, "Hey, let's take kids into the woods and teach them something." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, no, no, we need to put Jesus in there somewhere." So, uh, so, that's, so that's go, not in the light of the climate, taking kids in the woods just for going to the woods is not a good idea. So, and uh, we ended up. Um, throwing some leadership things and actually what's really cool about our formation it's not a teaching it's not it's training um and you know as proverbs says you know train a child the way he should go and later he won't stray from the path and um but alan's background in entrepreneurship he's an eagle scout he was in the army so he has you know he got some military duty under his belt um and he's leading a house full of women uh three daughters um so he can handle the emotional um fun stuff but um, anyway, so we took that. I took my seminary training. I took my, you know, dad's Marine Corps house that I was raised in. Um, and we kind of threw it all together and created formation. And we said, you know, it's not just about teaching the kids how to disciple. It's putting them through the experience um, so that they can reflect. But, you know, and we who've been in ministry understand this. But the average parent doesn't and the average um, even non, I guess, church worker who's not involved in ministry like we are doesn't get that you've got to give these kids the experience and then you unpack it. And that's basically what we do. Yeah, because one of the challenges in ministry, especially uh, catechetical ministry with what we do with youth and, and children, is uh, is we, we're really good at teaching them the what. I love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. But we really aren't that great at teaching them the how or giving them opportunities. What does yeah. it mean to love your neighbor? You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in the midst of, of this time where there's so much racial tension that exists in our in our in our country right now and things like that. We know that the other is actually part of us. They're our neighbor, you know, but but then how? How do we how do we give them a voice? With Adventure Catholic, you guys aren't just giving them the giving them the what and the how, but mm-hmm. then you're like, and let's do accompaniment in the midst of it yeah. so that when you fall, when you fail, you can yeah. get back up, dust off, and keep moving forward. And and so that was the inspiration for 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 the book. Uh, you guys mentioned there yeah. were a couple of pieces in it. Uh, you know that that will confront teens with challenges and things like that. Where do teens most need to be challenged today? Where do where do ministry leaders need to f- focus our energy? Everywhere. Go ahead, Alan. Do your do your. Not everybody gets a trophy thing. Well, that's, that's our big thing is, you know, everybody ends up with the trophy. You know, there's four teams. Everybody thinks they came in first. You know, everybody's afraid to admit that there's a loss. And usually it's the parents that don't want their own feelings hurt. You know, if, if their kids get their feelings hurt, then, um, you know, then that's the end of the world. And too often we, we 
use our faith from our feelings perspective. And that's where we lose kids. You know, while it doesn't feel right, you know, it doesn't feel right to me. I didn't, I don't, I don't feel like I should have to go to church or, you know, um, some of the things that the church tells me that I have to follow don't feel right. And so if we come at our our faith from an emotional standpoint, even from a, a, from a purely logical standpoint, we run into all these issues because kids are, 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 one of those, one of those animals that make those, those, those instant decisions that are based on emotion, you know, and their cognitive thinking process, their brain is still forming. And so, you know, to ask them to make these decisions about their faith, they're going to use their emotions because that's what they're connected to the most. And I, and I've seen teens in particular tire of the Christian faith. Um, for, 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 for kind of that very reason, I don't want to call it the trophy mentality or whatever, but St. Paul does tell us to run as to win. Mm-hmm. But, but if everyone who, who enters the race receives the same prize, mm-hmm. then what does running as to win actually mean? What is at stake? And so we need to empower teens to be emboldened into the adventure of God's will, which victory requires sacrifice. It requires effort and there's reward because of that, you know? Um, that's beautiful. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. How can we, how can we go to confession if we don't know that we've done something wrong? Right. Yeah. I mean, if we don't, and, and that's, that's a big word is right and wrong. Well, we don't want to say right and wrong. Well, why not? I mean, there is a right and there is a wrong. There, there is a way to get into heaven. There is not several, there's a way to get into heaven. And so we need to know if we're on the right path or if we're on the wrong path. And I'm not afraid to use those bold words like right and wrong to help the, the, the teens understand. Now, if you're wrong, it doesn't mean, you know, you're a horrible person and, and nobody loves you anymore and you get out of the church. You know, you means you're wrong and we need God even more when we're wrong. So, so this could be a parent's field guide to dismantling postmodern postmodernism or relativism absolutely yeah i yeah. mean our original our original book we titled a five-step field guide for parents because what we saw was you know I, i'll just go back real quick you know my dad's in the core and 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 he's you know it's been with him forever and when he was talking about being a marine and we kind of talked about this is he was talking about his boot camp and he goes you never call the marine during boot camp you're a recruit you're a recruit you're a maggot you're whatever anything but a marine and until you graduate boot camp then you earn the title and so we kind of we kind of put that Marine Corps recipe to work, um, and and our kids never earn the title of I don't know we call them venture Catholic kids or whatever they don't get that title until they pass the, this this you know four week crucible. But long story short, the parent the reason we wrote this book though is the parents kept saying, "What'd you do to my kid? How do I keep this going?" And so we sat down and started thinking about it, going, "What's the methodology we've been using?" And so we got to identify it, we refined it. And then we now we codified it and said, look, this is not just let's go in the woods for four days and transform your kids. Uh, you can use it in your parish. You can train your parish catechetical leaders. Your, your, your volunteers can use this methodology. Um, and you tell the parents, do this over and over and over. And this is basically human formation. This is the stuff that bishops are talking about that our priests and our seminarians need, human formation. And that's all we're doing. And, and we found that niche that I think is crucial and is something's working and taken. 
it's a really unique uh, method that what I think that we came up with. And the reason I think it's very unique is because a lot of us have been on, I'm sure you guys have been on retreats where you come home and you, you know, you're, you're pooping rainbows, you know, it's like, you're, you're so happy. Like you're so close to God, you know, that you can't see the earth anymore. Yeah. And, and that's great. And that's an awesome feeling, but how do we sustain that? And, and the way that we sustain it is by grounding ourselves, you know, by grounding ourselves in our faith, not by living up in the clouds where we, you know, some things are, it's almost like it's an impossible thing. And then when we fail, we fall so hard when we, when we get off of that spiritual high that we can't get back up there. So, you know, failing forward is about moving forward with God right where you're at, but not staying where you're at. Amen. I love it. I love it. Um, how would you hope a ministry leader utilizes this book? So someone who uh, works with youth or, or even maybe a DRE that sees this resource and they've, they've been, uh, They've been, they've been a little bit disappointed with the fruits of their program. They see the kids come up through confirmation, and then they don't see them again yeah. until they have their senior dinner for graduation, and their parents force them to go back for one night, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, um, Yeah. yeah. Daryl, tell me Chris, a little bit you about gotta, your hopes. You know, what we found is um, we've created a culture. Um, and, and that's really each youth, each parish, you know, you have an own, your own charism as a youth minister and, and your parish has a charism. Mm -hmm. And so, but what I realized is after we started seeing some cool results with the kids and I'm talking about kids who, you know, the, the trouble kids are the ones you're like, ah, oh, you, you know, they need to be in youth group, but you don't want them there because they're going to drive you crazy. Those kids. We and, love and, the punks. Yeah. We yeah. Love right. Them. The punks. And we had a couple punks help with VBS and it's like, you know, you got to babysit them. But once they went through our adventure Catholic, they went through our program, you know, outlined here, it was like, they had the sense of responsibility they had a new identity. We had a new level of trust. They knew what it meant to be, you know, passing this program and going through this program. And they knew that we would continue to challenge them. Even if they fell off the path, we could speak at a deeper level with them. So we create this culture of speaking the truth with love. We create this culture of keeping the focus on God, using Psalm 23 from sheep to shepherd and over and over and over again and just driving that home. And these kids are starting to realize going, okay, this is what we're about. And they don't like it. Sometimes we just, we say things that they don't like, but we're like, we tell them, I, I love you, brother. Iron sharpens iron. I'm saying this to you. It's uncomfortable for you to hear, um, but iron sharpens iron. Get off the porn, bro. I, I know you're struggling. I'm not just waving my finger at you. How can I help you? And mm. they're all embarrassed and stuff. But I love you enough to tell you you need to knock it off. And here, do you need help? Do you want to call me? Do we want to talk? How can I help you? Yeah. And, and it's a culture of ministry and speaking the truth with love. And we challenge them, constantly challenging our kids. And so you wrote this book towards parents. Why didn't you write it towards youth ministers? Why did you focus on We did. Parent? Originally, we did. And our publisher, Sophia Press, suggested that there are a lot more parents than there are youth ministers, right? And so the, the youth ministers are also able to use this. But I thought it was brilliant the way that they presented it to me. And the more I thought about it, the more it really needs to be written toward parents. The parents are the first catechist. And we lose the battle when we teach something at youth group and the kids go home and they're hearing something different because right. they're going to listen to their parents or they're going to listen to the silence that their parents have created about their faith. And so parents have got to step it up. You know, and, and really like we're this this book is the challenge, you know, failing forward is about challenging the parents more than just challenging the teens. It's it's a hard thing to, when you want to you want to give a, a parent a challenge. And, and what we hear all the time is, oh, my kid will never do that. Well, hold on. 
you're not even going to present this idea to your child. So you're the one that's not going to do it. And we say that. And sometimes we get like, Oh, well, yeah, I never thought of it that way. You're like, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll give it a try. If you really think it'll help. Yes. We really think it will help. You know, we really think it will help. And, and we've seen some amazing, amazing turnarounds with these kids because the parents are using this method over and over. And it's a method because you have to practice it over and over. But it's, it's something that's unbelievable, the results that you get from it. I love it because we've said it so for so long. Matt and I have said, you know, faith, really, it starts at home. But the challenge is resistance to faith also starts in the home. Mm-hmm. Like that that's the challenge is, is you got to win parents over in regards to it. Um, yeah, we see it all the time. Why, why isn't dad at church? You know, how come, how come dad goes fishing on Sunday or plays golf on Sunday? And that's a sad thing because, you know, if we're not setting that example, we're losing the, the teens. And then it's like, you know, they throw their kids at us and say, here, make them love God. Well, time out. You know, it's like, are you helping? You know, yeah. and it's the same thing with teachers at school. How come my kid doesn't understand math? I don't know. Are you helping them at home? Right. Daryl, were you going to say something? You know, I mean, Alan's it a great example. It probably wasn't important, Matt. It wasn't important. It, it really wasn't. So here's my new idea that is important. <laughs> Sit and take notes, Alan, again. Uh, you tell we're friends. I don't know if you guys can tell we're friends or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Alan does a great job with his his girls, you know, in terms of, um, you know, taking on that catechetical responsibility and being the primary catechism in his wife. And so, you know, we know we don't need to write this book for you guys. You know what needs to be done. Your frustration is getting parents – to do it. And we've even challenged our kids saying, look, you know, ask your parents, your challenge is to get your parents to take you to mass. Beg them. If you beg them to take you to mass, like you do a new iPhone, I said, you'd be surprised at what happens. So, so, and and that's kind of, you know, reaching out. So this is definitely a way to engage parents. Um, And it's really a resource for us ministers on how to coach parents through these steps to get the kids where they need to be. Now, you keep mentioning these steps. What are some of the examples of the steps that are kind of outlined in the book? Um, for Got to read it, Chris. I'm sorry. I can't. We cannot do this. <laughs> That's the well, secret sauce. They it. can't give that there away for free. Right no, there. no. You grew, you grew up in the 80s just like I did. You got to give us a taste before we get hooked. So We'll give, give you more example. than a taste. We're going to give you the whole method, but you still got to read the book to practice it. Yeah, so it's a five anything. step. It's yeah. five steps, right? So we, we call it COPEC. C-O-P-E-C. Can you see that? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's challenge observe, process, evaluate, and challenge again. And those are the five steps. The challenge is, is the most important beginning step because if you don't challenge your kids, you can't do the other steps. But all of these steps for, our, for the COPEC method that we have outlined in the book, they are imperative that you follow exactly the, how, how we suggest that you do them. Because if you start alternating, and I'll give you an example. So um, a challenge would be, um, let's, let's let my, my 14 year old son make dinner for my entire family. Okay. That would be a challenge. Uh, I don't have well, a 14 year old son. Especially since you don't have a 14 year old son. Yeah, so, be, yes. Particularly for you, it'd be challenging. But if continue. I did, if my I did. 14 year old son. <laughs> yeah. Let's let Daryl's 14 year old son make dinner for the entire family. Okay. So yes. that's the challenge. Now, the, the question is, well, how do, how do we go about that? And, and we don't answer that question. We say, look, you accepted this challenge. You figure out how to make dinner for the entire family. And this, this is where a lot of parents 
lose it. They're like, no, no, no. I have to tell him exactly what to buy. If he's going to buy spaghetti, he needs to know how much spaghetti to buy. So I'm going to tell him exactly how much to buy, exactly how long to boil the noodles, exactly how much you know spaghetti sauce, how many plates to put out, where you know what time to have dinner. Well, that's not your team doing a challenge. That's your team being led. Right. And there's a difference between leading and being led. And, and parents need to understand if you're going to give your teen a challenge to make dinner, let him make dinner. Let him figure out how much. Let him figure out when. Let him figure if he, if he blows it, what's the worst that's going to happen? Right. What's the worst that's going to happen? We're going to have pizza and it's going to take gonna have pizza. 30 minutes to get to exactly. house. Yeah. And all yeah. you have to do is make a phone call. But it's not the parent's responsibility to make that phone call. Right. right. It's the kid's responsibility to say, look, I said I would make dinner for everybody tonight. I blew it. So what do you want to do? Well, I don't I don't know. What do you want to do? You're the one that was in charge of dinner. Do you want to you know, you want to eat your socks or you want to, you know, go for the shoes or what do you want to do? It's like you're in right. charge here. And that's the biggest part of the parents start to that failing process is usually the parents failing, not the kids. The parents step in and do it for them. Yeah, that's uh, right. I can see that like in this day and age of the way that people parent, that would be really hard for parents to do. Yeah, of course. Now, Alan's really good about that. But when we move on to um, observe, process and evaluate, those are three things that we as ministers do naturally. Um, And so we just kind of put it in words for parents to teach them what we what we do in ministry. And the second thing is Alan was talking about, you know, you have this child or, or, or cooking or whatever. And the second is just watch them, observe what's going on. Uh, you know, and this is the hardest part for any adult to get is to watch your kid or your teens. And, and in this case, our ministry watching our, our just screw it up. And you're sitting here going, oh, my gosh, it's going to take three hours to undo what they did or we'll never get this project done. I mean, case in point, we had a youth, we had a, 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 co- a colleague and, and one of my adult volunteers and she would want to jump in. And we're like, no, let these kids take ownership of the success and the failure. Do not help them. And on, you know, whatever, and there's a sliding scale, whatever you want to do, but don't do it. And you just have to sit and observe and, and just watch the kids get frustrated or get excited or whatever it is they're doing and just watch and take notes. And that's it. That's observe. That's number two. Daryl puts uh, his, these words into action. He put his job on the line uh, and let a couple of teens plan an entire outing. And it wasn't, it was to Georgia, right? So they planned a whole trip. Now they, I mean, they planned it from the, from the beginning where they said they are the ones that brought it to Daryl. They said, look, we want to take this trip to Georgia. Daryl said, okay, well, well, what do you guys need for me? You know? And they're like, well, we'll put it And they, these are kids that have gone through this, this method. Right. And so they put together exactly how much it was going to cost, how many vans we needed to rent, um, where we were going to stay, how much food we needed per day, how much it was going to cost each person. Right. They got permission slips. They had they they did a, uh, a presentation, a PowerPoint presentation to parents. They called the meeting. Daryl literally just showed up and said, "Look, these kids want to tell you something. This is their trip, right?" Now there was a lot of failures that happened along the way, right? I mean, especially right. the very first night. You know, we tried to have dinner, and we you know we didn't get there until three hours after we thought we were going to. And so we're like, "Well, what do you guys want to do?" And they're like, "Oh man, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out." That's what we want our kids to say is we'll figure it out. Because what happens when, now let's relate that to our faith, right? We see our kids, you know, going the wrong way. 
if we're not there to catch them, if we're not that safety net, their first year at college, we see kids go crazy their first year at college, right? I mean, every every demon out there is grabbing them and pulling them in one different direction. And a lot of times the kids are too weak to stand on their own two feet because we've always carried them. So they've got to know, look, here's how, here's how you handle this. Go handle it. Here's this battle, this spiritual battle you're about to fight. Go fight it. I'm here for you as your backup, but I can't fight it for you. I won't fight it for you. And right. Daryl did a great Thanks. job letting these kids do, you know, what they needed to do. But practically, just to kind of put some practicality. Thanks, Alan, for that, by the way. Um, make note. Come on, compliment. So, uh, no, but the reality is, you know, we would only step <laughs> in to do yeah, one, one, <laughs> what they could what they couldn't do. You know, they're like, hey, I don't know about transportation. You know? And so, of course, I'm like, hey, I, I'll take care of that because, you know, if we take a bus, it's this much. If we rent vans, it's this much. So, you know, and then I gave them the official per, uh, permission slips that we use for our diocese. You know, things that they really beyond their purview. But they um, asked but for after it. that. Yeah, exactly. They asked for it. And then I'd be like, hey, we need to make sure this is done. And then I would let it go. And while so-and-so didn't turn it in, I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to tell them? Well, I'm tell, tell them they can't go. Okay. Is that what you want to do? Well, we could, you know, and, and it just, it turned out great. I mean, it wasn't perfect. We were hungry at times. We were like eating late at times. But you know what? We had fun, and the kids remember it, and they 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 loved it. It took ownership. So we observed. So that brings us to to the P, uh, which is process, and that's basically yes, the unpacking of it. This is where we um, we just simply and Alan's great at this is we just ask questions. You know, the process is you know it's not like hey this is what you did wrong. It's what'd you think? What what how did that work for you? You know, how was the, you know, so these two kids did the, um, the parent uh, question and answer. And at the end, after I said, hey, parents, I'm going to turn this meeting over to, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, uh, direct your questions to them after here. And so they did. And afterwards, I said to the kids, well, what, you know, how'd you think it went? Oh, it was good. I, they asked me this question. I didn't know how to answer it. Okay. Well, what would you say? Well, I would say this. Oh, okay. Or I wouldn't say that. Or then they'd ask me questions. What do you, they get to ask me, what do you think? And so that's when I started giving advice when they were open for it. But it was just a matter of what did you hear? What did you experience? What worked? What didn't work? Were you frustrated? Why? Who didn't pull their weight? And it's, it's just a beautiful dynamic because it, it creates that self-reflection. You know, for I have sinned through my own fault, not, oh, it's their fault. It's society. It's whatever. It's and that's part of growing up, right? We teach that self-reflective piece. So it's a, it's a huge piece of ownership because this is yeah. the third step in the process. Yeah. By this point, the opportunity for failure has come countless times in the process because I think falling, you learn your lesson. But the lesson in, in faith isn't that, okay, I fell and I don't want to ever do that again. It's actually I fell and the lesson we learn is I can stand back up. But if we don't ever let our youth fall, then they're never going to learn the muscle memory. That's muscle memory, you guys, to stand back up. Because, Alan, you mentioned when they go off to universities. I'm telling you, they don't just fall. They get knocked down. Um, Oh, gosh, I'm thinking of that Chumbawamba song. Chumbawamba, baby! (laughs) I get knocked down, but I get up again. again. (laughs) So then that's important. Alan's just shaking his head. I can't. I can't do this. He he leaves the meeting. I'm the Holy Spirit. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Here we go. I'm curious, and I don't know if this is off topic or if this is something that you want to dive into a little bit later. Um, How helpful is this for those kids who are, uh, like, who have the fear of failure? They won't try something new unless they know that they will succeed at. And there's a lot of high achievers that are like that, right? And and they, you know, they they've gotten straight A's, or they, you know, they're always the the athlete that's getting, you know, the the notoriety. And so, 
you know, if you think about, and, and we talk about this in, in, in failing forward, um, if you think about kids with well, the first time that they ever have a foot race with another kid, right. They're, they're just happy to run, you know, they're just happy to be running. And it's not until that they see the, you know, the pat on the back that the winner got that they become either broken and afraid to try, or they want to break that record. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the encouragement of the parents you know, and this is not like, you know, you're not going to read through this book one time and automatically have a golden key to, to success with everything. That's not what the book is about. Yeah. Failing Forward is yeah. about teaching parents to encourage, you know, yeah. to encourage that failure. There's that. I love the movie. It's um, Meet the Robinsons. You ever seen that movie? It's an animated movie. It's about a kid that goes back in time. And this is like a brilliant um, inventor. And he goes back in time and he makes this peanut butter and jelly gun. Right. And, and he goes to squirt this gun on toast and it, it squirts all over the entire family. And he's like, I'm so sorry. And they like they react and they're like, you're awesome. You had a failure. That's awesome. Congratulations. And, and he like he doesn't know what to think. But like he becomes this because of the way that they react, he becomes this incredible inventor who, you know, takes takes every failure that he's got and builds upon it instead of digging a hole that's deeper to stay in. So the kids that are afraid to try, this book is perfect for them, but it's for their parents to mm-hmm. encourage them because it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. And I have to be honest, like I went through that with my own daughter. She was extremely high, um, you know, high achiever and really, really good at basketball. And my middle daughter, and, you know, I, I was I was one of those parents at the time when she was growing up, when she was younger, where it was like, you know, get out there and win, get out there and win, you know, and and that's the way I was raised. My dad's a professional boxer. And so I was raised in this environment of, you know, extreme winning. You know, you have to win. Like if you lose, we're going to try it again. But it wasn't like, don't be afraid to try. It was get out there. I don't care if you lose, but you're going to try your hardest to win. And so, you know, I was one of those parents where I was pushing, pushing, pushing these high achievers to get through that barrier that they set themselves where it's like, I'm, I'm going to be afraid to try Well, no, you're not. You're going to take that three point shot at the buzzer because who knows if you miss it, you miss it. But if you don't take it, you never, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yep. Yeah. But Matt, to actually answer your question that you asked, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It, you know, it's the kids struggle and it, and because this is for, and you know, Failing forwards for parents, it's really the parents who struggle. And to kind of dovetail on what Alan said, um, and he knows this in ministry, we had in one year we had a a young lady and she this girl and she was brought up in a home where, you know, it was just continual adulations, continue adulations, and this girl was you know kind of elevated to the next you know almost blessed mother, you know, whatever in this home. And so, you know, we took, we take them on all these, you know, the mission trips and we do this, the, the Steubenville conferences and then, and we do our thing. And, you know, the mom struggled because the only thing the girl really didn't like was our thing. And it was because she had to get in her garbage. She had to get through her, her, you know, she was told she was not, we didn't tell her, but she saw that she wasn't as perfect as her parents let her believe. And her parents were upset with us for it. And I'm like, I'm sorry you struggle, but this is real life. And, and I, you know, so what Alan brings out is it really is a parent issue where, you know, and he even will admit it. And I admit it too. My, the other day we were cooking burgers, my, my son and I, and he was, we had all the spices out experimenting. And I'm like, I had to bite my tongue and be like, 
he's like, Dad, what should I put on? I go, I don't know, man. You're the chef. Let's try it. And he goes, is it too much? Not enough? I said, we'll tell by the taste, won't we? And he tastes like, oh, that's too much. I'm like, all right, what are you going to do next time? Well, I'll put a little less in. Okay, sounds good. And we made these slider, like a whole plate full of sliders with tons of different flavors. But I had to bite my tongue. And I'm in ministry. You know, because I was like, just get the meal done. I'm like, no, no, this is not about that. This is about process, you know. Good. So we're, we're running a little bit short on time, but I wanted to ask why challenge again at the end? I know evaluates in there, but the last step is challenge again. Why Why do you repeat the challenge step? Well, logically, I mean, if, if you failed one time and then you don't have that opportunity that we talked about earlier to, you know, to succeed, you can't make those changes. You know, it, well, I, I sinned, so I, I might as well stop being Catholic. No, I mean, we're trying again. We've gone, we've we processed it, right? We've gone to confession. We got the evaluation from the, from the priest in confession. You know, what do you think? You know, and got a little bit of spiritual direction. Um, and then we, we try again. We, we exit we exit confession and and when we go and try again, that's what we do. That's what we do. We're not meant, we're not designed to give up. We we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be given the gift of penance and and confession if we were designed to fail one time and never try again. And that's so important for parents to realize that, you know, that you have to give these opportunities. Okay. You blew, you blew the burgers, your kids blew the burgers, Daryl. Well, next time he'll know not to do that. And, And if he blows it in another way, it's okay. It's okay. This is the process. Amen. Amen. I mean, life is a circle with all its twists and turns, you know, and so. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, but, I mean, but really, the, the reality is. <laughs> Matt, did you see Matt? He was just yeah. like, check, like, please. <laughs> check. We're done over here. Later. Get about um, that was hilarious. You hit on the head, man. It's when you go to confession, you got to get back up. You know, when you fall, you go to confession and you start again. And that's what the circle is, right? It's the circle of, of you know, run the race. You fall in the race, you get up. And so, like Alan said, it's continual challenge and, and the next challenge, the next challenge at a, at a deeper level, a more profound level, a more intimate level with Christ. And it doesn't yeah. stop. It doesn't stop. And the way I always like to describe it when I'm talking with teens through, through I, w- I would say, kind of the cycle or that process is almost like if God was holding a slinky. And it's just a bunch of, of it looks like a bunch of circles, right? But, uh, but, but you keep journeying towards it. And each time, it doesn't really feel like you're making much ground, but you're getting closer and closer and closer every single time. And, uh, but, but there's a process to it, right? The process of, of, of receiving grace, acting on grace, and to a degree, fumbling it a little bit. And so on those, a little copet going on (laughs) on those challenges and and the rechallenge. Do you like, I assume you run through the, my guess is you would run through the burgers a few times until they got comfortable and didn't need to be challenged on burgers again. They needed to be challenged on something else. See what the cool thing about this is that absolutely you don't just give one challenge and then and let it go. You're constantly challenging your teens. We're constantly giving them different opportunities to to challenge himself. So the challenge of making a burger doesn't become a challenge anymore when he's mastered it, right? Yep. So it doesn't mean that and and you don't have to give that challenge because now Daryl's son eventually will say, Hey, what do you want for dinner tonight? I'm thinking about making spaghetti or I'm thinking about making pizza or I'm thinking about making, you know, leg of lamb or whatever, you know, and, and he'll say, okay, well, I mean, you got it, go ahead and make it. So he'll know that that challenge is not about the burgers. That challenge is about being given opportunities to learn from, from your failure and to fail forward. And so that you can succeed later on. Yeah. It's, it, it also requires mind shift yeah. because I'm trying to, as a minister, make sure that 
we have kids who have completed the requirements for confirmation. Mm-hmm. Done, right? But but what I'm hearing from you guys is like, you guys got to dream better dreams. Like, mm-hmm. why not dream up that we have dynamic disciples that are leaders both in the church and in the world, mm-hmm. and they need to give opportunities to grow that leadership, mm-hmm. and then we change the world instead of just allowing a teen to receive a sacrament. And one of the most powerful oh, things, Daryl, no, Daryl, oh. you wait a minute. One of the, oh, most, <laughs> oh, <shots> fired. <laughs> one of the most powerful things Daryl said that I've heard him say at a confirmation retreat that we've done is if you're not ready to be here, go home. If you're, if your parents are making you be here, go home. And he tells the parents, if you're forcing your kids to be here, because this is when you got confirmed, this is not the right thing to do. This is a sacrament. This is about more than checking off a list and finishing a race. This is not the end to the race. It's the beginning of a battle. So you need to understand what you're doing here. And Daryl says it perfectly. He's like, you know, if, if you're not, if you're not ready for this, come back next year, come back when you are. You got put in timeout by a compliment, Daryl. Thank you. you. Can I know. That's a compliment timeout. That's the first time. You know I what to it. say, fool. You know what to say. <laughs> Shots unfired. <laughs> but actually, thanks, Alan. But speaking of, con- I mean, I say it a little differently, you know, pastorally. But it's it's that's the message. And but speaking of confirmation, you know, I have kids. Here's the shift is we used to have kids miss things, like miss a session and whatever. And before it's, we're scrambling. They have to make it up. And I have it now laid out where a kid misses. I had a kid come in. To, he missed the confirmation retreat. You know, it's a one-day day of reflection. He comes in, and I go, oh, what are you doing? The next session, I go, what are you doing here? He goes, confirmation. I said, no, you're not. He goes, yes, I am. I said, but you weren't here Saturday for our day of reflection. He goes, oh, I didn't know about it. I said, Oh, but that was everything was up front. So you voted with your body that you don't want to be here. Well, I, I, he's like, he doesn't know what to do. And I said, I said, so what are you going to do? He goes, what can I do? I said, I don't know. This, this, you missed a session. This is all part of the program. You will not be, if you don't make all these, I can't say you're prepared because you didn't. And all of a sudden he's like, well, what can I do? I said, I, I don't know. You think of something, figure it out. And so all of a sudden they go home and they're like, "Is can I make an session? I called this church and can I go to one of their classes? Now you get it. Okay, now there's under and and it's hard because I have parents getting ticked off at me, but I'm like, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Johnson, you know, you knew ahead of schedule that this is what it's about. So I'm sorry. I, I, you can wait next year. I don't know. Well, and then they start coming up and now there's buy-in because yeah. that you know, yeah. I'm not responsible for your faith. You are. And yep. so that's the challenge to parents. And all of a sudden I had one mom go, she goes, but, but if he goes to that parish, the, the curriculum's not the same. I said, okay. And she's like, what do you mean? I go, who's doing the calling him or you? She goes, well, I'll make him do it. I said, now you get it. And he, she did. And he, she goes, oh, now I understand. I said, I don't care what, what the curriculum is. It doesn't matter. The point is he's taking ownership. And this is what failing forward is, is getting parents to get their kids to take ownership and follow the success Alan and I have had in our particular parish. And it's fun. It's and, fun when you start seeing the changes. And you said something, Alan, earlier about the whole going from burgers to a leg of lamb thing, right? If we don't provide any opportunity for our kids to be challenged and fail within our faith, they're always going to be on freaking baby food. Mm-hmm. Right, they'll they'll mm-hmm. never like take the next level to the next like harder challenge, and then when they're faced with something even a little like a little challenging in their life, they're gonna bail because they don't know what to do. Yep. 
Yep. Exactly right. And that's where we see, like Chris was saying earlier too, you know, we see the, the kids that get to the college and lose their minds. It's because it's, it's a, a whole new world that they've never had to experience. They never experienced waking up on their own, you know, without mom waking them up when the, the alarm's going off. Hey, aren't you going to be late for school? Well, yeah. I mean, you woke up at 11. Well, mom, why didn't you get me up? I was awake. It's not my responsibility to wake you up. You know, yep. Amen. Yep. Yeah. You know, can I share? I just want to share a story. You can edit it out later, I guess, right? Unless you guys got to run. But this is a, it's, it's actually a great Alan story. You got time for one? Yeah, you bet. Let's go. It's, okay. Course. So, you know, we're on our four day leadership, and, and the kids who graduate the first four day leadership, they can apply to get on the second year and basically really implement everything that they do on that, put into practice for the, uh, first year kids. And so they, Alan was really, really great about this is we take them to, you know, Costco and we're like, you know, here you have a thousand dollar budget, you know, you got to buy food for the, for the entire camp, you know, 30 people, you're cooking for 30 people. And, and, you know, Alan's like, you know, figure out your menu. So they come with their menu. Well, this trip we're sitting there and, and his wife was with them. And, um, these kids come in and, and they get their baskets are full of everything, you know, and, and they're pricing it out because they know they have, you know, whatever, $1,000 to work with for these four days. And because we make sure they eat good, you know, got to eat good. That's important. It's us Italians. So they come up and they have like 10 watermelons, two gallons of milk, you know, six boxes of, of cereal. And his wife is like, Alan, we should tell them they need more milk. And Alan's like, no, 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 honey, just, just chill. You know, it's, it's okay. So we get out there, right, first day, the first day of breakfast. And the two gallons of milk are gone now. That's it. And the kids are going, Alan, can, can we can we get, send one of the adults to the store and get more milk? We're out of milk. And Alan's like, no, we're here. We can't do that. We've we got to be here. Well, we're out of milk. Alan's like, okay, what are you going to do? And and they bought two gallons of milk for four days for you know 30 people. And they're like, we don't know. And they had what, like six bottles of orange juice, Alan, or something. Yeah. And, you know, six gallons of orange juice. And he's, he's like, I, you guys got to figure it out. You're in charge. And that's what we always say. You're in charge. And we left him. Well, wouldn't you know, for the next three days, the kids had cereal with orange juice, cereal with water, and a buttload of watermelon every breakfast, you know. <laughs> and guess what? Nobody went hungry. And the following year, you know, we had about five kids return for the year too. The following year, you bet there was enough milk for four days. But it, it, it worked out. It, we didn't save them. We're not here to save you. You screwed up. Live with it. You're const- you know, we said it affects other people. Your lack of planning affects other people. Welcome to the body of Christ. Amen. Your sin, you know, your sin affects other people. Your virtue affects other people. And the, the biggest thing I think to remember is like this, you don't have to run a retreat to do the method that we outlined in failing yeah. forward. Right. You know, yeah. and that's why we re, we rewrote the book is because it's parent when we would show parents that they're like, So I gotta take my kid on a four day camping, you know, expedition so that I can I can teach them a lesson. And it's like, no, no, no. And so just to make it easier for them to understand, like this is it really hits home. And I hope that you guys do get a chance to read the book. If you um, if you send me the, your mailing address, I'll send you a couple um, from our from our um, our, our uh, publisher. Now, now, now you're spe- you're speaking to Matt and I, or are you speaking to our entire audience? I'm speaking to Matt Rice and Chris Bartlett. I will send the two of you books from our publisher. Everybody else, go go yeah to adventurecatholic.com and you can get one. Good, awesome. Good. Yeah, good. So as we close up, how can they find you if they do have any questions or, or, or anything like that? How do they get a hold of you guys? I jumped the gun on that one. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's adventurecatholic.com is the best way to reach out to Daryl and I. Um, you, you know, if you don't want to talk to Daryl, it's completely understandable. But Failing Forward is available at adventurecatholic.com. 
Great. And that's from Sophia Institute Press. I know they'd like me saying that. Yeah, and they're I awesome. They've been they, awesome. They are. And that, that's the email. That's the email yeah. that my uh, my leader uh, pointed to me. They're like, hey, I, I got this from Sophia Institute. What are your thoughts? Yeah. And that's what led to this conversation today, which we have loved, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, challenge yourself. Challenge each other. Uh, this book will make you rethink how you're doing ministry, especially as you're trying to grow not just disciples, but leaders. Awesome. So we challenge you to read this. Get on Zoom. We'll watch you read it to observe you. <laughs> he just, we'll he can't let you and... have the final word. He I'm can't sorry, let you I'm have the sorry. final word. <laughs> oh, no. We we have an outro. I'll give you guys one more chance. Daryl, Daryl, go ahead. One more final word from Daryl. Go ahead, Alan. Make yourself feel better. All right, by all means. Uh, no, please. <laughs> I got all nothing. right, guys. Please send any feedback you have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with somebody. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for ministry leaders and to challenge each other. That's a beautiful thing. And pray for Alan. He needs a lot of help with Daryl. We'll see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you. (laughs) 